1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets, instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DraftKingsBBN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DraftKingsBBN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hi everybody and welcome to a very special episode of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman and let me tell you guys what we have planned for this week. We want to cover all of the playoff teams and so we've reached out to people who cover each and every single playoff team to give you guys a breakdown. Today you'll get to hear about the 4-5 series in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. We'll start with the West. That's Mavs versus Jazz. In the East, of course, it's the Raptors versus the Sixers. And then tomorrow we'll bring you Bucks versus Bulls, Warriors versus Nuggets, and so on and so forth as the week continues. I hope you guys like it. And let's kick things off with the Mavs. I'm joined by SJ today, who covers the Dallas Mavericks and has a podcast. SJ, can I get you to plug your stuff first?
1: Sure, of course. Yes. So I am co host of a Mavericks kind of related NBA podcast, 21 Going on 77. You can catch that on Apple Pod, Spotify, um, and Anchor. So, um, yeah, tune in. <laughs> And, and,
0: and we also have a spaces going that we're both a part of as well. We Hoopstresses. So you can find myself, you can find Sandy, you can find Nat, you can find SJ and so many more uh, amazing women talking basketball, NBA, WNBA all season long.
1: Yes, ma'am. Good stuff.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about this series. Now, uh, unfortunately, we're starting with a bit of a bummer. Yes, we're starting with the news and it, it's so unfortunate. It, it literally happened in the 11th hour. It happened in the final moments where Luka Doncic gets injured. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, positive sign. MRIs came out negative. It is just a calf strain, which is much better than what it could have been. Anytime you see a guy grabbing at his calf, it's a little worrisome. I want to ask you, do we have any word from the Luka Doncic situation talking about this Mavs and Jazz series.
1: Yeah, so um, the latest update, um, it's April 12th. rounds. So the latest update since, um, I guess, earlier today was that it's a confirmed um, calf strain via the MRI, and there's no timetable for his return. So they are not sure if he's going to be able to play game one yet. And with that being said, I mean, I... You know i don't we don't know if it's you know just gamesmanship them not wanting to reveal you know the status of luca to the jazz you know make it hard for them and their game plan um or it could just be they're being coy and he's actually out for a longer time or it's somewhere in the middle where he will you know play most if not all of the series and might just miss a Game or two so right now we'll we'll probably won't know anything until Saturday. Um we play at 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. Eastern, very early. The first, you know, game slot. But, you know, it is what it is. We won't get into that. But, um, yeah, so we just hope he can go. Um, and if if not, then, I mean, just rest them up. We can't risk further injury.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I'm completely with you on that. As Raptor fans, that has honestly always been the Raptor slot up until they won a championship. I think that had been their slot. Uh, every time they had made the playoffs, is that Saturday, noon, Eastern, or one p m Eastern, whatever it is? Um, it's a terrible slot. it is. it is. um but it's even more terrible in this scenario where you're hoping to buy as much time as possible for Luca. and unfortunately, you have the the first playoff game. and so hopefully i'm I'm hoping that the NBA can extend. The games in between, so that we can see Luca come back if he is healthy. And I'm with you there. There's a bit of there's a bit of gamesmanship. There's a bit of like th- having the Jazz always look over their shoulder if they believe that Luca can be coming at any moment. You know, the Jazz have blown three one leads in the past, but this would be a completely different scenario um, where. They they might it, it might not even be their fault it might just be that the best player of the series just happens to show up it happens sometimes but then from the from the um, mavs perspective being cautious with luka seems to be the best plan as raptor fans we saw having kevin durant come back with a calf strain uh, come back earlier than he arguably should have. And and then tear his Achilles and it from all the reports, I'm knocking on all kinds of woods from all of the reports that I've seen it seems to be that, like, because Luca's calf strain happened higher up on his calf and further away from his Achilles, there's less of a risk there. And there's also a better chance that it'll heal faster because it's closer to all that like fat and cushion in your legs as opposed to. Science-y stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so, so, that, so that's a good sign there. I have to ask you, if they don't have Luca for the first two games, let's say he does return around game three, how do you think that that goes? Do you think that the Mavs have the opportunity to steal one of those two games?
1: Yes. So I've been, um, I guess, a bit of an optimist about this entire situation because, I mean, what can you do in such a you know, terrible situation like this But I've seen enough from this group that I think, especially since we're at home and I've been, um, you know, I've been saying that home court is important in the series, given the fact that the last 11 times we have been in Utah, we have not won. And I believe the last six times that the Jazz has been in Dallas, they have not won. So I thought home court would really decide um, who won that series. And we had it. But, you know, with Luca out, it's like. Uh, we're still at a disadvantage, even though we have home court advantage. But that being said, I've seen enough from this group and their play without Luca this season that I'm confident that they can split um, these two games at home in Dallas. It just takes, you know, one hot night from like a Davis, you know, Bertons or a you know Dorian Finney Smith to get us going. And I trust, um, I trust Brunson um, in that he you know, is going to try to avenge his poor play from the last playoff series. And he's going to, you know, have that in his mind. And, you know, we have a guy like Spencer that can help him out um, with that. And we almost beat them in Salt Lake City on Christmas. We were playing our C team. Um, and it was it was literally like Brunson Porzingis and like Frank Nilakino. We had a guy named George King play 20 minutes, you know, for us. So and we almost beat them. It went right down the wire. So I think even if we you know, don't even, you know, win a game at home in this stretch, I think it will be very competitive. I I think this group will fight. Um, they have that in them.
0: Yeah, I like that. You mentioned a couple of names there that, that could be sort of X factors. I, I kind of, you know, look to some of the guys that can maybe draw Rudy Gobert outside of the paint. You know, you mm-hmm. mentioned some hot shooting that they can get from a guy like Davis Bertans. You mentioned Dorian Finney-Smith. And we know that the Jazz are not a good perimeter defense. They are a top 10 defense in the league, but they're a top 10 defense because they have arguably the best defender in in basketball in Rudy Gobert, but not because they have much else. They have got Royce O'Neal, but they don't really have much else there. And, and, And so was that what you would point to? Would you agree with me there? Is it kind of... Seeing if somebody can draw Rudy Gobert out, um, is seeing if one of your bigs can get hot outside. Is that going to be the difference maker in a series like this?
1: I think in terms of bigs and drawing Gobert off the paint, I think you mentioned some of her bigs. And I've been, you know, saying even way before, you know, Luka got hurt that Maxi Kleber, a lot of our, um, you know, Mavs writers have been pointing to that fact, too, that he is kind of the key in the series. Yeah. Um, in drawing Gobert out because we are a small team anyway. Um, you know Powell is only six nine, and that's our starting center and then the best center on our roster. He's only six nine, so um, he has you know it's, Gobert is a lot to handle for him, like especially on the boards. Um, and you know Powell is a good you know switchable defender, but he's not stopping anybody in the post. Um, so Gobert is a you know load to handle, um, but maxi he if he's on especially offensively he gives us the opportunity to play small but also play big um you know he's he's 6'10 um can stretch the floor if his shot's on you know gobert is gonna have to respect them but you know teams tend to leave maxi open he doesn't have much gravity but if he's making them he can make you know teams pay um so but the problem is he hasn't been making them you know recently he's been in a Horrible, horrible slump. Like mm. one of the worst I've seen, you know, from him since you know he's been in the league. And that's worrying because a guy like Maxi, he already had confidence issues. Like I've I've said, um, I have this kind of um, you know, SJ stamp of approval, you know, just for players, like you get my stamp, just for many different things, not just play, but just for many different things. And I've said that Maxi, he just cannot get my stamp because he's scared he's a scary player and I just don't get it like the past two playoff series like if his shot's not on it's it's a wrap from him you're not getting anything his confidence gets shot he doesn't want to shoot it like he'll be wide open he's pump faking because he's scared like you can see the fear in his eye in his like eyes and I'm just like wow Maxi. we don't need that especially if Luca's not um out Maxi's gonna play big minutes so we're going to need him to take shots because he's going to be open, um, especially if, you know, he's out there. They're probably going to put, you know, they're going to try to high go bear on guys like Maxie and Dorian Finney Smith and Dorian Finney Smith. He's going to <laughs> make those shots. He's not Maxi. He's going to, even if he's miss- missing, he's going to take them. So some of those bigs, they're probably going to play super small lineups with even Finney Smith at the five. So um, if we can stretch them out, we've seen that's the formula to beat Utah um, over the past couple postseasons. So, if we can stretch them out, and you know guys like Kleber and um, Bertans, if they have that torch that night, I don't know. <laughs> it might be a wrap Very for nice. the Jazz. <laughs> mm.
0: and, and so, so what will it take for the Jazz to to pull off this upset? Now it's not so much of an upset if Luca isn't there, but um, what would it still take for them in order to to get one over on the Jazz uh, on the maps, I should say. Yes.
1: Yeah, so my takeaway from especially the. One matchup that we played against the Jazz um after the All-Star Break, I guess that I think that's the even though the Jazz won, but I think that's the best game, I guess, of the regular season that you could use to kind of evaluate this matchup. Right. Um, because
0: Luca was out for Christmas Day. Gobert yeah. was out for the last game of the season. And was Brunson out, I think, for the one. Yeah, and Brunson all. was
1: out one um the first game we played in Dallas. So there was just guys in and out. Mm-hmm. So that game after the All-Star Break is the best, I guess game that you can use to evaluate the matchup and my biggest takeaway from watching that game it was like you know the spider-man meme where they're like pointing at each other that was the best like meme I could like just watching the game like both teams could not guard each other it was just like whoever was gonna just out shoot each like whatever the jazz was doing we couldn't really stop them but whatever we were doing they can not stop us but with that being said I trusted the Mavericks to get more stops if it came down to it even though they have a guy like Gobert but like I said um Gobert you can kind of scheme Gobert a bit. Um with us we play a bit more versatile style of defense. So I think um especially if we go to that super small lineup and if the Jazz are still committed to not um you know giving Gobert the ball, you know we can win with that being said, I think that's how the Jazz can get, you know, the Mavericks out of the paint. If they get in the paint. <laughs> no, no Well, let me
0: tell you, if feeding Gobert is how the uh, is how the Jazz win this series, and congratulations to the Dallas Mavericks for making it to round two.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the thing. That's why I picked the well, spoiler. I picked the Mavericks to win the series because I think um, if you're like, because I I think we even though Donovan Mitchell he's a playoff riser, he's another guy we have mm. to watch out for because I just think um, I think if. The thing is, I think Gobert is going to get numbers anyway. Yeah. um, On it because we're small. We're small. He's going to, his rebound numbers are going to look ridiculous. Um, He's going to get a lot of offensive boards, putbacks, you know, all that. He's going to get all that. He's going to get a lot Mm -hmm. of dunks. But I always say, especially with the team we are, since we're small, we can't overreact to bigs getting numbers on us. Because it's almost inevitable. You can't let the bigs get their numbers and the perimeter players get loose. You're just not going to win. So I think as long as we contain Donovan Mitchell, as long as he's not averaging 35, five and six on like 50, 40, that can't happen. <laughs> like he's been doing that the past. That just, yeah. if he's doing that, we're not winning. Like we just can't win like that. Um, But I think he's... um He's always just tricky. Conley's another tricky one because he looks washed on some nights. And then some nights he's like, you know, turning back the clock. So I'm just not sure. And he's a good pick and roll guard. Like Conley used to kill us in the past because we couldn't guard a pick and roll with Porzingis um, playing. And now we can. So, like, it's, it's a bit hard to gauge how he would perform against us. Yeah. Um, but I think... Um, I think Utah beats us ultimately. I know I've said a lot of things and not answering the question, but ultimately I think Utah beats us if Gobert is getting his numbers and mm-hmm. Spider is going off and if we can't guard a corner three. And we've had issues with that, but if they're spamming corner threes with guys like Royce O'Neill and Boyan, and if we're not making our rotations, we're we're toast. Yeah. We're toast. Yeah. Okay,
0: um, the Jazz are the best offense in the league, uh, and if they if they get hot, I mean, it's it's going to be really difficult for any team to stop them, unless you know the Mavs kind of match with that sort of offense. It's just, I'm really interested to see how the series works without Luca, but I really hope that he'll be back. Now, can I ask you who is the X factor? Because we mentioned a lot of guys. You mentioned Maxi Kleber, talked about him quite a bit. Would you say that he is your he is your X factor, or is there another player uh, on
1: the Mavs that you would point to? So I would say Maxi's the X factor, but given that um, he's going to play a lot of minutes and um, if he's going to play a lot of minutes, I feel like I want to give my X factor to a guy that's that we probably won't expect. So I'm going to say Bertans. I'm going to say Bertans because at first glance, you probably think he's probably not going to be in the rotation anyway. But if Luca's not playing, you know guys are going to need minutes um, to fill those minutes because you you are probably penciling Luca in for North, to, you know, close to forty minutes. Yeah, um, for sure. The so guys are going to need to make those minutes up. I think Berton's going to get some minutes, and he has found his shot again. I think it's it's been kept quiet, and I like that. I I'm not one of those fans that need everyone talking about everything about my team. I like being you know under the radar. But his shots back. I think he's, um, his last eleven games he's fifty percent on threes. Mm. And, um, you know, Bertans, it's not like, granted, he's not taking high volume threes, but Bertans, he lets it fly. Whenever he checks in, he's, he's going to put some threes up. So 50%, I mean, granted, I mean, he could shoot 50% over a series. I don't really anticipate <laughs> that happening. But if he's at 40% for us on like four, three, four attempts a game, mm, I don't know. It gets a little hairy, especially when you're not. Expecting that from him, you know. Right. So I think if he and he can play some small ball five, I've, I've seen him move his feet and that has surprised me because I thought I always thought he was a traffic phone. And granted, I'm not saying he's a clamper, but he can move the puppies a bit. So, um,
0: yeah, I have it right here. So 52% in the last, oh, this is, oh, this is the last eight that they played. I was looking for the last 11. So I'd have to go back because I guess he's missed a few, uh, there, but 52%, I mean, on, on over three attempts per game. So he is. His, his rhythm has definitely come back. That shot has come back because that, that's nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nice to have that. <laughs> it's nice to have a guy like that in the chamber. huh?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Um, I mean, I still, I mean, bless his soul. If he plays well with us. I mean, I still would like him, you know, elsewhere this offseason, but that's a different um, story. But he might he, he might a... be
0: able to earn his keep if he, if he has some good games about Luka.
1: Yeah. If he, if he helps us win a series, I might reconsider. Uh, I did want to ask you one final question.
0: We can get your prediction. We you hinted at it before that you are picking the Mavericks in this series, but how many games do you think it'll go?
1: So I'm a woman of my word. I've been saying Mavs in six mm. for a while now. And I'm a, I, I know the Luke injury is here and I should probably be on the safe side and say Mavericks in seven, but... I'm sticking with Mavericks in six. 1-1 one, one is going to be 1-1 one, one going to Salt Lake City. Luka's going to be returning. I'm, I'm manifesting it. Luka's going to be returning in game three. It's going to be a 1-1 one, one series, so basically a wash. And he's going to torture them for the rest of the series on one leg. And we're going to hear about, you know, this is just going to be a little, you know, hiccup in the road to him, you know, ascending to wherever he's ascending to. So my prediction is Mavericks in six. Sorry, Jazz fans. We're ending that core. Um, it's going to be no more after this first round series. But you guys had a good run. You know, You know. second round is nothing to sneeze at. I
0: love it. The second round is nothing to sneeze at. And I, I do hope to see the Mavs because I want to see Luca have a full run. Yes, and honestly, to. like, I like the Jazz. I do. I, I, I'm, I'm really high on Gobert. I think I'm higher than him than, than most people are. But I think that team has come to their end. I feel like it's time for that chapter to close, and they don't I think like we're just either. no, <laughs> so yeah, it's like good. it's time for that that duo, that team, just to to close the books. Danny Ainge, start afresh, and uh, let's let the Mavs let the Mavs have some run.
1: Yes, all yes. right. Thank
0: you so much for uh, joining us today here at Dishes and Dimes, and please tell everybody where they can find you one more time. Your Twitter handle and, and all of that stuff.
1: Yes, so um I am SJ at SJ Basketball 8 on Twitter. Um I'm also the co-host um, of the 21 Going On 77 podcast on Google Podcasts, um Apple, Spotify, and um Anchor. So yeah, if you check that out, that'd be great. Um follow me at sjbasketball 8. And thank you so much, um, Iman for having me on. Again. Yeah,
0: of course. Thank you so much for joining us and uh go maps. Go maps. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman, and I am joined today for part two of our Dallas versus Utah series with Taylor Griffin of SLC Dunk. Taylor, how are you?
2: I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us. I'm I'm really interested in this series, and I'm interested to see what you have to say, especially from the jazz, from the jazz perspective. Because it feels, at least starting the year, it felt like pressure was on the Utah Jazz, similar to how pressure was on the Milwaukee Bucks last season, uh, prior to them winning a championship, Seen them, you know, go far in the playoffs and then have some blunders there. And, and the, the Bucks were able to overcome that last season. The jazz, I've got some question marks heading into the playoffs with them that I'll uh, talk with you about, but did you, do you agree that there was that sort of pressure, at least starting the season uh, for that? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. And trust me, you're not the only one that has questions about this jazz team, jazz fans. We all have questions about them, but yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing is that there was this, this pressure to make a playoff run. Right. And that was something that the jazz hadn't really had in, you know, 20 plus years. I mean, before the last couple of years, they're kind of a, you know, good vibes. If we won one playoff series, it was a a successful run. Right. But then they start making all these moves and they start getting rid of guys that, you know, are, are, are the good vibes type players to, you know, bring in the guys that you think are going to make a championship run. And then that's what brings all that pressure, right? The pressure to, you know, go beyond the first round or the second round and, And you start getting these all-star appearances and the defense player of the year awards and it adds more pressure to, you know, they, they can do that, but can they win? And so, yeah, no, there, there's definitely been a, a a sense of pressure and kind of some tension as well, I think. And that's why you don't really see as good, as good a chemistry with these guys, because there's so much pressure to win. And so I think it makes it tough for them.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, um, uh, in all honesty, I liked the Jazz last season. I thought that they could make a deep run. As soon as I saw that it was the, the Clippers coming out of that series as opposed to the Ma- uh to the Mavs there, I was like, oh, that's it for them. Like it felt to me as though like the Clippers excelled at everything that the Jazz want to force an offense to do. Like the Clippers are like, Yeah, we want to take these mid range shots. Yeah, yeah, you guys don't have the perimeter defense for us. So it felt like the worst matchup. I'm sorry to bring up old wounds. As a Raptors fan, <laughs> trust me, I have been through the the playoffs. Yeah, I've I've tried it. to
2: block that whole series out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's probably going to come up again, but I mean, for now I just try and, you know, I've gone to therapy and so it's helped, but you know. Yeah, it is I'm what it is. sorry
0: to bring up old wounds. But let's let's get into it. let's get into this season. Um it feels like whatever happens in this playoffs will maybe answer or lead to questions about what should happen in the off season for this Utah jazz team. And maybe specifically around Rudy Gobert, because he is the older player here. Um, you know, if we're likening them to Shaq versus Kobe, it was Shaq that left and it was Kobe that you'd sort of continued to build around there. Is that the direction that you think I'm not even going to talk. You know what? That question kind of makes it seem as though they're going to lose this playoff series. And that's just not the case, but I do want to know, how up in the air is Rudy Gobert's future with this jazz team or how up in the air is Donovan Mitchell's future with this jazz team?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to say. I I would be really surprised if Donovan and Rudy are both on this team next year. Mm. Um, I would, I mean, I'm probably, I, if I were to guess, I would think that, you know, if if they're going to lose in the first or second round again and go out ugly like they did last year and year before that um, stuff's going to get blown up. Right. And I would think that the jazz front office, if you're choosing between Donovan and Rudy for the future, you've you have to go with Donovan, right? Just because he's younger, you know, he's going to attract more guys, but then you get into that, you know, does Donovan want to be in Utah long-term? And if he doesn't want to, then, you know, if Rudy wants to be here long-term, then you go with him. But, um, you know, there's already been some trade speculation with Rudy and tons of you know, jazz fans are firing up the trade machine. We've all got our perfect trade set up. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be really surprised if if both of them are on the team next year. I just think that, um, you know, barring a, a Western Conference Finals, and, and even if they go to the Western Conference Finals, if they were to make a run, I just don't think that um, this team is going to be together next year. I, I just think it's time to to kind of blow stuff up. And I think that's why they brought Danny in because he's kind of an expert with, you know, cutting ties with players that have been there for a while and, and bringing in other other players and mixing stuff up. So, I really think that jazz fans are in for kind of a whirlwind this off season, either way, um, which sucks, you know, if you're like me and you you really get um, attached to the players that you have, right. Especially guys like Rudy, who's been here forever. And we watched him since he was, you know, in the D league as a rookie and, and coming in and, and the progress. So it's going to suck. But I mean, at the same time, I think it is time for kind of a, a switch up. It's just not, it's just not working the way that it is. And so I think that it gets to a point where you kind of have to mix things up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that I'm higher on Rudy Gobert than I feel like just the general non jazz fan group is I really, like, I, I don't understand the, the general narrative about him. I think it might be one of the worst in the NBA. Like I just in terms of like how other fans perceive him. I think the discourse and the player the disconnect there is probably larger than anybody else in the league. And I would probably put Pascal Siakam as a Raptors fan in there as the number two. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the, I mean, I, I do to a point, you know what I mean? Rudy is a, a, a different player than a lot of the other all-stars are. You know what I mean? And we know that jazz fans know that he's, he's just different. He, he doesn't, you know, he can't, you're not going to give him the ball in the post and let him go to work. like in be, you know what I mean? He's just a different player. Um, but I think jazz fans love him for who he is. Um, and so it's going to be tough to, to kind of see it get switched up, but you're absolutely right.
0: Okay. I, I don't mean to, to bring you down on this, on this beautiful morning, uh, and talk about some more troubles with the Utah jazz, but I do have to ask what is up with these bone leads? What, what is happening there?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I wish I could tell you that it's something new, but I mean, if you watch this team since last year, right in the playoffs, they blow the 25 point lead and, you know, in, in LA and, it's just kind of been a a, a trend that is not, it's not fun to watch. You know what I mean? And and this year, especially, I think they ended up with 16 um, losses that they had blown double digit leads to two of them being to the Lakers, right? Which Mm. was extra painful, but um, I think that it just goes back to in the fourth quarter, these guys, I just think they don't have like anybody that's like a, like a dog. You know what I mean? They don't have the toughness. And I think that, you know, they'll, they'll build up a lead. They play really well. They build up a lead. And then as soon as these teams start coming back and kind of punching them a little bit, they kind of fold in the fourth quarter. It's it's totally a mental thing because you know that they play three quarters, great basketball. In fact, I think they're like the best team in the league as far as um,
0: yep, they are. net
2: rating through, you know, the first quarter through the third quarter and leads and whatnot. And so it's it's insane that they, the fourth quarter comes and they just fold. And you have to think that it's just a mental thing. It's just, they don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, honestly.
0: It's, yeah, it, it's it's the oddest thing because, like, looking at it here, I mean, they're the best offensive. Um, they're the best team. They're the best. They have the best offensive rating in the league. They have a top ten defensive rating. Um, but then you come into the clutch, and they're the twentieth ranked offense, and they're the twenty third ranked defense, and their net rating. Let me see if I can find it here. Is also not great. So it, it's just interesting how things kind of bog down. I've kind of been on the this like. <laughs> One of my favorite stats right now, and and maybe this is part of my Rudy Gobert propaganda. And I don't know how you would feel about this, but Donovan Mitchell has a higher usage rate than true shooting percentage in the clutch when his team has a lead.
2: Oh <laughs> Which... uh, yeah, I I totally believe it. And Donovan's been, I don't know what his deal is this year. And actually, and and I was looking at some stats the other day. Yeah, every year um, he struggles pretty badly in the clutch in the regular season. But then his playoff clutch stats are amazing, Phenomenal. right? Yeah. And so, I mean, that's kind of... I mean, if you're going to choose one of them, you want you want your guy to perform in the clutch in the playoffs, right? But this year especially, it was just... I don't know if it... You know, in the fourth quarter, when things naturally start turning into more isolation and things like that, and maybe that's why the Jazz struggle because they're not an ISO team, right? They they thrive on ball movement, screens. And, and so, in the fourth quarter, when teams naturally start just turning to ISO, I think that's when the Jazz really struggle. And Donovan just has not... It's, it's like he, I mean, he'll through the first through third quarters, he's, you know, an all NBA player, fourth quarter comes and he kind of, it's like, he forgets how he plays basketball, right? He, he loses his aggression. He starts taking bad shots. And so just is a bad combination for the jazz in the fourth quarter.
0: And the last thing that I want to ask you, I really didn't mean for this to be as sad as it is, is <laughs> Jordan. Clarkson. No, this, is,
2: this is my life. I mean, this isn't sad. This is just what it is, right? It's, it's
0: just my life. Uh Jordan Clarkson, sixth in of the year last year, and um this season is just not having the same year. What's sort of the difference there? Or is there anything is it just shots not falling as much as it was last season? Or
2: yeah, I honestly with Clarkson, I think he just isn't making shots. I mean, he's he's the same role, he's got the same green light, right? But you just look at his percentages and he's just not making shots. And oh you know, it sucks. I love Clarkson. He's he's you know one of the most exciting players in the league, honestly, coming off the bench and just in general, but yeah, I think this year, just for whatever reason, he's, his shots just aren't falling. And so hopefully, you know, it feels like one out of every six or seven games, he has a really good game, and he, you know, scoring 20-plus, pretty efficient. So hopefully they can get a couple of those in the playoffs. I think that'll really help them.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. That will help them. That'll be a huge boost in, if they're ordered to, in order for them to beat the Dallas Mavericks. And I do want to sort of pivot towards the playoffs and ask you, What else will they need? What will the Jazz need to have happen in order for them to beat this Dallas Mavericks team with or without Luka? Right now, it looks like he'll probably miss at the very least the first two games. Um, But I'm assuming that Quinn Snyder is going to be planning for this team facing Luka Doncic as opposed to, you know, without him because it's easy to adjust with, with without Luca. That's a pleasant surprise if the Jazz right. go on the court versus, you know, so, so what is the game plan for how you beat the Dallas Mavericks team, um, with Luca? They're assuming,
2: um, I th- the thing that the Jazz have kind of done the last couple of years is, is they play their game, right? And for better or for worse, Quinn Snyder is, I mean, honestly kind of, a, in my opinion, a stubborn coach, he has his game plan and they're going to go out and they're going to try and execute to the best that they can. Right. Quinn struggled a little bit making adjustments. Um, You know, we saw in the playoffs last year, they get up two nothing against the Clippers. Right. And then, um, uh, Ty Lue starts making his adjustments and they were just that much better than, than Quinn Snyder's. Right. So I think this year, um, as far as the game plan goes, they're just going to play their game. They're going to try and get, you know, they're going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, and hopefully that's enough to put them over. They've got to be better in the fourth quarter though, especially in, you know, in the playoffs, the fourth quarter. I mean, obviously the fourth quarter is what wins you the game. Right. Um, and even without Luca, I mean the Jazz have struggled to guard perimeter for the last couple of years, right? So, yeah. And I tweet—I tweeted out this week. I'm mentally preparing for Jalen Brunson to drop 40 on Saturday <laughs> because you know it's if you're a Jazz fan, it wouldn't surprise you at all because the guards had just come in and just lit it up. And so, you know, whether it's him or other guys, I, you know, it's the NBA, and so guys are going to step up. There's so much talent on the floor every game, and especially against the Jazz, who have their perimeter defense is horrible. It's not going to surprise me if, even without Luca, they, you know, this game, this series goes to seven games, even if we were not playing any games, I think.
0: Yeah, no, Jalen Brunson, I was talking to the mouse person, probably has as much pressure on him alone as his Jazz team does, especially considering the, um, you know, the really bad playoffs that he had last season and the fact that he's, you know, going to be a, a free agent in this off season. So it'll be really interesting to see what he does against a Jazz team, which don't have any perimeter defenders. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, do you think, I guess my question is, if Luca is still injured, do you think that this Jazz team is still vulnerable and can still lose this series um, to the Dallas Mavericks team? I mean, you kind of mentioned it there with maybe guys like Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie go, um, getting hot. Um, but is there a pathway for the Mavs to still beat the Jazz?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, it's it's the NBA. And so, I mean, the Mavs have proven that they're... a they're still a good team even without Luca, right? Luca's, I mean, obviously one of the most impactful players in the whole league, but even without him, you know, with the Jazz's history, I'm not going to ever assume anything. I remember last year when, you know, when they were up 2 nothing, Kawhi yeah. gets hurt, goes out, right? And my first thought was, oh no, this is going to be even worse when they blow this lead. Because I mean, if you're a Jazz fan, you're just used to it, right? And I know that sounds negative. I'm not. A, I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. I, okay, we're myself, Raptor fans over
0: here. I'm a, I'm a
2: realist, right? This, like I said, this is just my life, and so we've seen the we've seen the collapses. You know, we've seen, um, and so I'm not going to put anything past them. I mean, the Jazz right now are, are favored pretty, you know, pretty heavily. Not heavily, but pretty pretty well right now. Um, and that's assuming Luca plays. I mean, at least half the games, right? Um, so yeah, even, even if Luca were to not play a game, I still think the chat, I think this is going to be a tough series. I would not dare say that it's going to be an easy series for them, even without Luca.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's so interesting because it feels like it wouldn't. Maybe it would surprise me if the Jazz made a run, but I just look at this team and I, I was really high on them last season. This and they, they started off the year super hot as well. Um and maybe winning Kierzolves, maybe we can see some some of that tension dissipate um if they do happen to to have a, a good first series here. Um I'm gonna ask you, who's the X Factor for the Utah Jazz?
2: For the Jazz, I'm gonna say the X Factor is Mike Conley. Um, just because, you know, this is Donovan's fifth playoffs, right? He's um, he's proven that he's gonna he's gonna get his right. He's gonna come out. He's probably gonna you know elevate his play, average a couple a little you know a couple more points a game. Donovan's gonna be Donovan. Rudy, we know what we're getting with Rudy. You know what I mean? He's not gonna drop thirty every game. You know he's probably gonna get his fifteen and fifteen. Play tough defense at the rim. So you know we're getting you know what you're getting with those two right. But Conley, I feel like is the guy that's gonna take the Jazz to that you know Western Conference Finals run. If he plays like he you know, has been in, in certain stretches of the year this year and last year, like the jazz are are so tough to beat when he plays really well. And so, you know, if he's out there, you know, averaging 18 to 22 a night and just, just, just taking that offensive load off of Donovan, because I feel like that's what that's when Donovan struggles is when he has all the offensive load on him and he feels like he has to create and take bad shots. And so um, if you turn Donovan more, to like a, a distributor and, and get him in the lane in addition to Mike for three, then I think that's where the jazz are really tough to be. And I think that's, that's what makes him the next factor.
0: I like that. Um, and, and can I get a prediction from you?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's always tough when you have guys dealing with things, right. <clears throat> I'm going to assume Luca misses two games.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and assuming with that being said, I'm going to say jazz in six. I like it. I'm I am like ready it. to be heard again. In oh. the words of Michael Scott. <laughs>
0: Oh no. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, maybe if 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 Donovan Mitchell can pass it to Rudy more than twice a game, we can get somewhere. That's gonna be my goal. Hey, that's, gonna, asking,
2: that's asking a lot. Okay. ask that's, for
0: more than just twice yeah. a game. <laughs> oh gosh. Um thank you so much for joining us and tell everybody where they can find your work.
2: For sure. Um so you can follow me on Twitter at Griff Um I'm also writing at uh, SLC Dunk. You can follow me, follow that, follow SLC Dunk there, follow me on Twitter. Um, But yeah, that's that's me.
0: Thank you so much to our guests, SJ, for talking about the Mavs and Taylor for talking about the Jazz. And thank you to all of the listeners for tuning into a special playoff edition of Dishes and Dimes. And please look forward to all of the other playoff series being covered right over here. Thanks so much.